Roles. They are your family, friends, or even neighbors, here to present opportunities for growth and a path toward energetic equilibrium. Like a mirror, the interactions we have with others can be considered a reflection of the challenges we are facing internally, or, at the very least, a signal for the results of past trauma about to surface. We can all be grateful that this experience came equipped with a dashboard of warning lights showing us the parts that need work if we just listen. So throw your human suit in autopilot for the next hour and let's journey. Wise with Aaron and Alexander. Uncovering our authentic self through self-awareness, conscious communication, and emotional responsibility. Today we are talking about roles, famous roles, roles we have talked about in past episodes, but we are going to dive even deeper into the roles we play in people's lives and the way they play into ours. Alexander, if you can give a more expanded view on roles uh, deeper than what we have talked about in the previous. Yeah, so welcome back everyone. Uh, It's always nice for you to tune in as we uh, dissect this uh, human experience and hopefully have some fun with it. This is a subject that, um, that I really wanted to bring in to discuss more deeply the energetic side or the subtle energy side of our relationships or the attraction rules that are in play as far as to when people are coming into our lives and and why. And the majority of the time, uh, the human position is to seek homeostasis or contentment, peacefulness. Many times we have to let go of lots of stuff to experience that. Our culture is very inundated with adding stuff, learning stuff, putting stuff in. But I think it's becoming more and more popular to see that we need to get rid of stuff. And that has been the focus of my private practice for over 11 years and my practice of myself for over 22 years now. This is around the, you know, the pillar that we, one of the pillars that Uh, build our whole construct of the foundation of this work is the emotional accountability and responsibility. Looking at any person or any situation to see where you can take responsibility. The roles that people play, part of the point of consciousness or seeking enlightenment or growth or change, from my perception, is based around this ability to recognize the roles that we are playing and then what to do about shifting the cost of playing that role, the results of playing that role, to play maybe a slightly different role. And we do want to break this down very uh, basic and in everyday life, how we interchange with people. First off, I just want you to get comfortable with looking at this as more of a what if rather than Alexander putting down a hardcore statement here. I want you to learn to be comfortable with being the investigator rather than the judge. And we in our culture can be very guilty of being the judge of almost everything, of of other people's opinions and spending so much energy in trying to prove others wrong rather than using that energy to be the investigator and maybe get a little bit of information for this person, a little bit from this person, and coming up with your own understanding of it. So a lot of the success of that is directly connected to uh, how one is approaching it. And that's why I like to use the term be the investigator at all times to go inward, no matter what's happening to you outwardly. And so this is just taking the subtle energy concept 
uh, into a little bit of a deeper realm that there's been lots of books, movies written around manifestation. We've had our own podcast to give our views on that and the so-called law of attraction. In this work, we typically will use the phrase of rules of attraction because we all are connected energetically and through frequencies. So thinking of everything as like a big symphony that's going on. And so how we view something or how we are processing something is not just affecting us. It's sending out ripples to everybody that's connected to us. Many times when we don't like the way someone is treating us, we have to remember that we train people how to treat us. Many times people don't mean to do this, but the more we allow somebody to use certain phrases or uh, attempt to communicate with us in less than optimal ways, we, we teach them that this is okay. And then at some point we decide it's not okay and then we many times will lash out at that external person. I want to work towards skipping that step to realize that the sooner that you communicate your wishes or that how it is affecting you after looking at it internally, the more likelihood of success of that being received. As I go into this, I do want it to be understood that first of all, you want to follow the process that we've talked about in the past to where you look at no matter what the situation is coming to you external, that you look internal and you ask the internal why. Why am I allowing this to affect me in this manner? Normally that why is going to be answered due to it is connected to something in the past that has happened, possibly a trauma or ongoing events that is creating this emotional reaction. Well, right after you make that observation, then you want to ask the question of, am I playing a role here or am I pulling this person or this situation or these people into playing a role to teach me something? Both of those are very important to be viewed, to be uh, dissected and looked at because typically the answer is yes on both uh, sides that that other person is playing a role for you and you're playing a role for them. And many times the lesson is exact opposites. The example, first example I'll use is like a typical extrovert and a typical introvert. Many times they are attracted to each other because they are inspiring each other. They don't really realize it, but the extrovert goes, oh, I'd like to be more chill like that introvert. And the introvert goes, man, I'd like to be more out in the public eye like that, like this person is. So the original attraction is an inspiration, but then very few people actually adjust and learn from each other. They hold their ground and they try to pull the other person over to their side. And so this is like the very general beginnings of role playing. I'm going to rely on Aaron here to help me keep this very basic and understandable at all levels, but especially the beginning level. Because I don't want this to sound too esoteric, but it is very important to realize that we all are frequencies and we are connected. Therefore, we're affecting each other and the ripples keep going out. And the sooner that you can redirect that ripple internally, it's going to change how the uh, ripple is going out externally. So you used the word homeostasis earlier on and I wanted to bring that up because is that your word for maybe an op- like for optimum wellness for the individual and how would you define that just so because I think if we know your definition then I know in my mind I would hold something like that like that term or that definition in my head to always use it as a check-in you know okay. am I am I there yet how you know to see where I if I'm off balance or not Yes, great point. And I want to kind of bring in two different words to kind of walk hand in hand with that. And it is homeostasis and equilibrium. And when these two terms are intended with many people, they will use the term balance. Understand that I'm utilizing these two terms, homeostasis and equilibrium, where most people would just use the term balance. But balance is stagnant. Nothing is stagnant on this plane, so to say, especially energy. It's always moving. So we want to keep things in a certain level of um, equilibrium 
because that shows an ebb and flow, and that is real life. Balance, when something's in perfect balance, it's still, and there isn't anything that's uh, moving or adjusting. And homeostasis is just one of those uh, terms that I feel like is free from too much association, that that it just means like center point or uh, or being in that equilibrium, staying away from the stagnation of balance, I guess, is the, is the main point to see that that ebb and flow is very important. And as we talk about roles that we play for each other, sometimes we need to compromise. Sometimes we need to look at something, put effort and intention into looking at something the way that someone else is looking at it. And all of that is that ebb and flow to where we're all looking to be in agreement with each other, with ourselves. That's kind of the point of friendships or the experience of friendships is many friendships are built on that we look at things the same way or a similar way anyway. But there are some friendships out there that are very important and very in-depth and they challenge each other kind of constantly. So it all really depends on what kind of relationship you're looking for. Start with yourself. What kind of relationship, A, do you have with yourself? And B, what kind of relationship are you looking for yourself? Because your external uh, experiences are probably giving you a good idea of how you are treating yourself. So, so getting to that point of contentment, of peacefulness, of uh, non-friction, so to say, is uh, what I'm meaning by that term homeostasis and equilibrium. Does that encompass just like kind of your emotional state? No, actually it would go through all the different levels, the emotions, the mental, the spiritual, physical. On all of those levels, there, there, from my perception, needs to be an equilibrium that we're never just kind of fixed on things. And there are certain cards like in the the destiny card system that we utilize with the human design that there are what's called fixed people and semi-fixed people. Then there's other of us that doesn't carry that level of being fixed. So see some people come in with a predetermined position energetically to be more hard-headed or less flexible. And that's where understanding that can help myself or or Aaron here will use us as an example since we're the only ones in the room to give us a chance to recognize that energy of being resistant to flex and that then we have the opportunity to flex within ourselves to help the overall situation or many times what happens is it becomes a conflict and one person doesn't budge and so now the other person won't budge but remember you always teach someone to listen by listening to them not by telling them to listen to you. And that's what we want to do is always bring everything back as be the example of the message that you are attempting to get across. Now, you've recently said to me something along the lines of the experiences or treatment from others is just as much your fault as it is theirs. And and I think from uh, from looking back at all of our other episodes, I think the majority of the stuff would point to, you know, you're responsible for your own emotional um, being or or mood. And if you see somebody else being emotional to you, more or less the tendency is to judge that person or at least make, make an observation that says, okay, they're dealing with something on their end and it has nothing to do with me. So... So when you said this, it was kind of like, uh, okay, well, let me look at that. So let's look at that now and, and explain that, Great please. Great point. And, and I do want to, uh, and I may have used this word incorrectly, so I'll take responsibility of it, but fault. Let's replace fault for responsibility. That how somebody is treating you is your responsibility, just as much as it is theirs. Where that comes from is from the concept that we train people how to treat us. And so, therefore, you people out there that allow others to uh, take advantage of you, to talk over you, to talk down to you, when you don't stand in your power and show that that is unacceptable, then the other person doesn't necessarily think that they are doing anything wrong. They're just doing what you allow them to do. 
Now, at this point, you don't have to be frictional. You don't have to be confrontational because many times this can be resolved in the very beginning of connecting with someone. And you can, and this is normally, it always helps to communicate your preferences of how you would like to be treated to someone before a situation comes up. In the situation, emotions are there, the emotions are flying, and it's hard, of course, the emotions and consciousness really uh, doesn't happen simultaneously. You're, you're either in one, you're in consciousness or you're in your emotions. When we're in our emotions, we are seeing through filters. We're not seeing things clearly. The understanding that, say, I go into a professional environment and right away this person starts talking to me the way that they talk to their employees. So I might recognize that right away. And I can either get offended by that. I can feel emotion. I can pick up whatever emotion. Maybe they're showing some aggression, some frustration, some anxiety or whatever. And I can tap into that and attempt to give that back. And this is what happens the majority of times. Or I can just be quiet, not say anything. So the people that don't uh, kind of attack back do this other extreme to where they're, they're just passive, they just absorb it, and that person goes on about their day, the, the external person, not knowing that their words or anything that they utilize in that connection was offensive in any way. So this is a delicate dance because, like I said, if a person doesn't know that they're doing something incorrect, then they shouldn't be faltered or judged that they're not changing that. But there is an art to how you explain this. And I try to get everybody to practice being creative through your words because you can speak your truth authentically and do it in a way that can be received rather than come across as, as an authority. So I hope that that helps to explain that it's very similar to a child that maybe uh, others judge as being spoiled and always getting their way. Well, once again, that's not necessarily that child's fault if that's the only understanding that they have. That's what their mother or their father or their parents or grandparents or whoever has taught them that that is okay. So this is why I like to just mention to carry compassion for how someone is treating you to ask that question, how long have I supported them to treat me this way? And then say, hypothetically, it's been five years that you've been in this relationship with this person, and all of a sudden, one day, you decide to make a stand. Now, you want things to change right away, but this is new information to them. So many times we make demands for people to change, and we, we may even um, draw a line and, and can be very testy about that. When this is all new information, it's information you've been processing for five years, having an internal reaction but not choosing not to say anything, and now all of a sudden you say something and then you want it to just be changed and fixed. This is where I'm bringing in that you do carry a certain responsibility for how someone treats you. And normally the longer that you've known that person, the more of that responsibility you carry. It's not the same as just meeting someone off the street. There's different variables to that. But I still like to say that it's still useful to keep this concept in the back of your mind that as somebody is uh, treating you a certain way or talking to you a specific way, to just ask yourself that internal question of what have I done or what am I presently doing to make them think that this is the way that I want to be treated and be that investigator because there is something in there, whether you're afraid of confrontation or whether you was raised in a very authoritative environment, so you just lash back as soon as somebody lashes at you. See, there's a reason for all of these reactions, but we defend ourselves normally because we don't want to be vulnerable to share the reasons of why I am this way, because then people can use that against us. So this is why it's very important to accept that responsibility, that emotional responsibility, and to be able to make yourself accountable. This is different from guilt. This is not about guilt. This is not about would have, could have, or should have. This is about from this point on, 
I am going to interact with this person or new people differently. And I'm going to accept that how they treat me is my responsibility too, not just their responsibility. And how I treat others is my responsibility. So I have a saying that I enjoy sharing and it catches some people off guard. So you think you know more than anybody else in the room. Congratulations, you carry more responsibility than anybody else in the room. So this is the way that we balance the ego in this, is that if you do feel that you know more, then you, your job or your position should be to be more compassionate, to be more patient, to be more of all of that than the person that you're dealing with. If you're listening to this podcast, you are attempting to grow, to expand. So the majority of people that you're going to come in contact with, you're going to carry more responsibility. Some people might bring that in and be like, well, that sounds awful unfair. Sounds like just everything in my life is my responsibility. Yes. And the sooner that you accept that, the more of your power that you step into. And this is, you know, challenging when I've said in the past that nobody can make you mad. No one can make you sad. Nobody can make you angry. You choose to do that. Now, the duration of that choice is depicted by life traumas and the way that someone's been raised because some people are raised in a frictional environment, so they learn to react very fast with their words, with their comebacks. So they just need to learn to take a pause. But see, none of that, what a person has been through in their past, doesn't justify their actions. It just shows, oh, you're aware of that, that you're you're very aggressive and you're short-tempered because uh, that your mother or father was or both of them or something like that. Okay, well, that's good. Well, now you have to take responsibility and you have to learn to work with that and not keep that ripple going, so to say. Yeah, and, and I think I think the mainstream talks about it being like you have the power to change anything in your life. But in order to take that power, you have to accept responsibility for what it is first before you can change it. Yes, or, or many times people jump to change, and I'm going to bring up my three R's here, which is recognize, respect, and redirect. And see, when people recognize something that they don't resonate with, they skip the step of respect, and they automatically go into fixing, but normally it's telling the external person what they need to change or fix. To where I have proven that if you recognize the person or the issue, and then you show it respect, because everybody deserves respect, even if you don't agree with them, that doesn't mean that you should disrespect them. But once you recognize it and you respect it, then when you start to attempt to change the energy to redirect it, it's going to have a less of a, a smackback or a reaction from that person because everybody is looking to be recognized and respected. And the majority of our culture don't get that. It's very similar with our children being raised where the parent, the child asks for an explanation of why they're in trouble and the parent just says, because I'm the adult and you're the child and that's good enough. That's not good enough, people. Our, our children are intellectual, they're intelligent, and, and it's much more useful to sit down and talk with them and explain. You either pay for your kids in the beginning or you pay for them at the end. So you're spending money to keep them out of jail, to, to keep them off of drugs or whatever, or you invest the time when they're little. And so uh, I happen to feel that it's much easier to invest that time when they're little, but when a person is chasing their career goals, chasing their relationship goals, chasing all these other goals, then many times directing the children falls way down on the list. And that person feels as the parent justified as, hey, I'm the leader, I'm the teacher, so do what you're told. And like I said, that creates lots of uh, poor patterns that move, uh, move forward for people. And they just keep Uh, repeating those patterns and attracting more obstacles into their life. Because in order for that equilibrium to happen, it is through our resistance of it. So, you know, one of the beginning steps is, and why respect is so important, is that you want to get to that point of acceptance. 
And this is another big part of this work is that just because you accept something does not mean that you condone it or approve it. It merely means that you are making an internal peace with this person or this situation. And now when you move forward into action or redirecting, you're more than likely going to be a whole lot more successful because you reach that center point. You reach that, that point of equilibrium or homeostasis internally before you're making that next step to resolve an issue externally. So I did want to bring, bring in just something that I thought, I thought was ironic was that at the beginning in our intro music, we talk about uh, the consistency over long periods of time equals lasting results. Well, that's how you train somebody into uh, treating you treating a certain you. way. So yeah, if you're, yeah, if you're training them with a certain vibration, so it's not, it's not just about consistency of effort, like in a positive direction, it can be any direction. Yeah. Yes. And, 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 and that's why, uh, you know, with people, anything that we want to know as far as consciousness or self growth goes is exhibited through children. If you want to be, raise your consciousness, then pay attention to children and how we interact with them, that process is is quite a dance. And that this is why being fixed in your mind, how you see things, really uh, obstructs uh, constructive change. And the other part to remember is that it's, it needs to be gradual. And so, as I said earlier, you may have allowed someone to treat you a certain way for five years, and then you just want them to stop. So the more patience and compassion that we have and the way that you start to engage, like, for instance, rather than saying, I need you to stop doing that because it upsets me and I haven't said anything in five years, but now I need you to stop, okay? Rather than taking your stand and that that would be a person that thinks they're standing in their power. I'm finally speaking up for myself. Sounds like a five profile. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, in the human design and uh Aaron can say that, of course, because he is a five, a three, five. And, but it is very consistent because, once again, fives will avoid conflict at all the costs just about. But we want to do it gradually. So right away, you may want to start with, say, somebody is talking to you in a way that you're taking that is making you feel like they're talking down to you. Once again, you go internal. What is this connected to in my past? It starts to dissipate the friction. And then you go, where am I treating myself uh, this way? Because they're coming in as a teacher. And all of this is that recognized respect. I'm in the step of respect that I'm looking for. Where can I take as much responsibility for this as possible? Make my peace with it before I go through uh, attempting a change. So in the beginning, you may want to just possibly show that person through just your countenance or, or the way that you look that like, like sometimes just dropping your shoulders shows like a little bit of defeat, a little bit of uh, that you're, you've been carrying too much weight. And an expression in the face can, can be the first step of communicating a different way. And so that may make them go, what's wrong? Well, see, as soon as they ask you, like, what's wrong, you can say, well, I don't want to make a big deal out of this because I realize that I've played a big role in this. But many times when you come to me, and I know that you're trying to help, and I, I love you for that, but many times when you come to me in this manner as you just did, it makes me feel like I'm being belittled. I've connected that now to that my father, hypothetically, did this as well, so you know, I'm not saying that you're doing anything wrong. I'm just looking for where can I accept responsibility in this and that I need to work on standing in my strength and being more uh, more heart-centered in how I feel about this subject instead of just being walked on constantly. And so at that time, you know, that person is actually listening to you because remember, they invited you to share with them what's what's going on. But don't expect them to just receive it that first time. Many times they will go into reaction because most people don't like hurting other people. And most people that are getting hurt, it's not the other person's intention to hurt them. So this is why we want to take that same uh, patient approach 
of not just telling somebody to stop something, to using words like quit, anything like that, because we want to let them know, hey, I'm accepting my responsible role in this as too as well. This is what I'm doing over here to work on this trigger. And that inclines the other person to be willing to walk away looking at how they just presented that to you. And that's not just helping them with you. It's helping them just in their life because they may walk away thinking about how they do that in general. But I can almost guarantee you that if you try to stand in your power, so to say, and put that person in their place in that moment, you're going to get nothing but resistance. And then you're going to be at a battle of the wills. And nobody wins with that. So this is why this um, this softer approach, the more gradual approach, can really be very inviting for someone that really wants to change and hasn't understood how detrimental their words or their actions has been to you over this long period of time. And to me, that is very empowering in every area. You're empowering yourself. You're empowering the other person because no blame is being cast. And that's very important to keep blame out of any of this process because it's not about blame. It's just about being that investigator, asking yourself, why is this affecting me the way that it is, possibly making a connection to the past, and then accepting responsibility of I've allowed this person to treat me this way or I've allowed people throughout my whole life to treat me this way. So let me see how to communicate to this person in this situation that this isn't how I'm looking to move forward. And then give a realistic time frame for that person to make adjustments. And if they uh, come to you the very next time and they do it the same old way, that you internally smile. And maybe you'll drop your shoulders again, which will give them like a little message. So this is different from being passive-aggressive because you're attempting to communicate first on an energetic level, through vision and energy, and then you're looking for an invitation for them to ask you what's going on. Because remember, if people don't ask you a question, they are very, very rarely interested in what you have to say. And many times when they ask you the question, they're just setting you up to get done with your statement so that they can give something else as well. So see, through all this process, we want to take it one baby step at a time. And we want to realize that emotional, reactive people react emotionally. So they can't just change that overnight. But given enough of a duration of time and consistency with reminding, and that reminding is sharing stuff with that person outside of an altercation to bring up maybe another person, a third person, say, hypothetically, you're having this discussion with uh, your husband, and then Somewhere later in the week, you'll bring up a similar situation, but maybe use talking to your husband, use your mother or father or somebody else so that they can see it from a third party view. And when you get somebody to see it from a third party view, they're willing to accept it so much more than you pointing it out about themselves. And this becomes a training that you're actually able to train people to dissect themselves through your example of how you're dissecting yourself. So once again, we're back to teach someone to listen by listening to them, not telling them to listen to you. So this philosophy focuses a lot on like childhood trauma or things that have happened in our past. And some of it can be traced back to, you know, let's say our parents. So is there a difference in the roles that are played by uh, different different types of relationships such as like parents or significant others? There is a difference, but I do want to mention that it's fairly slight. And the difference, the main difference is association. But we do perpetuate uh, these ripples or these patterns uh, into our present day relationships that normally were established in our youth. And so many times if a female has a resistance to her father she will actually either be attracted to somebody that's the exact opposite or somebody that carries many traits very similar, but exhibited in a different way. Defensiveness, somebody being defensive, that can be shown in many different avenues. So this is why, like, if, say, someone's father 
was super defensive. As soon as anything was brought up about him, he just attacked right away to point out other shortcomings. You know, that's one type of being defensive. But another type of defensive is when somebody judges themselves and when you're given like maybe a compliment and somebody goes, oh, I'm not good enough for that. See, that's being defensive against yourself to someone. And and that person that's playing the role, see, they could be on the extreme from your father to where now you're playing your father's role. And I hope this is making sense because this is how we dance around from role to role. This is the way that we're all connected. And so sometimes the role of our father that we're trying to get away from, when we attract in somebody exactly opposite from that father, then we will wind up playing the role of our father. That if you don't work to change, you will become your mother or father or a combination of both of them. And almost everybody says, I'll never be like my mother. I'll never be like my father. And by the time they get to their latter 50s and 60s, No, all the siblings, people in their family are starting to say things like, man, you remind me so much of your dad, those types of things. And people just pop into my mind to where they have resisted. They've chosen to look at their father a certain way and then justify I'm nothing like him. When they don't do the exact same things, but they do it in a different format, but it has the same very similar effect. So this is why being, once again, uh, getting away from blame and practicing being that investigator, always the internal investigator, is very different from guilt because the investigator is always looking to resolve. Guilt isn't looking to resolve. It's looking to stay stuck. So, uh, so this, is, this is important in how we view these relationships that we're in. And many times our work environment will bring to us situations that we run from our family. So lots of people will pull away from their family and go, oh, you're toxic. I'm not going to be around you anymore. And I go, that's okay, because they will show up in another body in another place. And that's typically what, uh, when somebody pulls away from their family, then their work environment or possibly a social situation will create very similar stuff. So I bring it back around majority of the time, the the gold mine of self-growth is in working through your family because you've already got such deep connections. And if you can work it through it with your family, then everybody else is going to be cake yeah, after okay. that. Because I mean, cause you know your family in and out. So, so there's like, I think there's a purity in that, that you know them. So you can uh, work through the lessons faster. Whereas if you did it with somebody you just met or like a significant other, maybe of like six months, you don't know them enough. So you, you don't, because I feel like it, the expediency of, of change and doing the work can be done when you know somebody and you know like how to do that, that, I don't know. Am I explaining that? Like, well, yeah, like, like the push I mean, and pull or? That you know how someone in your family is going to respond, going to react So it almost gives you like truly an upper hand when you stop wishing that somebody in your family was different and you just accept who they are. Then you're able to predetermine how they're going to respond to something that's said and catch that so you don't have an emotional reaction that you just go, check, I knew he was going to say that. I knew he was going to feel like that. So that's the beauty of working with your family is that you already have tons of information They have tons of information about you, and family always wants to hold you in a certain spot, um, so to say, of of vision. And understand this as well, that most of the time family get in lots of disagreements because everybody's looking for the same thing. They're looking for recognition and respect. And this is why I like to say lead off with that of – First of all, I want to thank you that I I know you're always looking out for my well-being and that any opinion that you give, I do feel like you are are wanting my best interest uh, to play out. But we're not always going to see things the same. And instead of just agreeing to disagree, I want to look at uh, your perception uh, more deeply than I've allowed it. And possibly that will inspire the other person to show a similar interest to look at your stance on the situation a little bit more in depth. But the more negativity that's created, the more anger that's created, the less likely that that person is willing to look at at your view or really, honestly, the less likely you're willing to look at their view. 
So this is why offering people that recognition and respect goes a long way. And it doesn't have to change anything about how you truly feel inside. Once again, breaking that down to everybody deserves respect and everybody deserves to be recognized. But that does not mean that you agree with them. I mean, there's many athletes that I respect, but I don't necessarily like them because they're not on my team or things like that. Or there's musicians that that I respect and I will watch them play in awe, but I will never listen to their, their music like in my car or anything like that. So see, knowing how to separate respect and what you like, knowing how to separate respect and your so-called truth is very important because you'll get much further in communicating with people when you show recognition and respect and then use the redirection, the third R, for your internal work. And then once you start it in the internal and you work on it to where you have no resistance of the situation, then you're more likely to be successful in the external of trying to help someone else to understand where you're at on a subject. And I feel like when you're talking about respect in that case, it's almost like you're, you respect some part of their energy that you kind of want to aspire to. Yes. And this is, uh, you know, the word that's been way overused in our culture now and continues to grow is the word namaste. You know, the light in me recognizes the beauty and the light in you. And it's different words are used. But when I really got that lesson, it, it changed my life hugely because I asked a person one time that I really respected their opinion on this uh, probably over 20 years ago or longer that I said, how am I supposed to respect something or someone that I don't like and he or that I don't approve of? And he just laughed and he says, um, you know, respect has nothing to do with your opinion. Everybody deserves respect. To know that all of these personality flaws that everyone has, they learn them. That doesn't mean that that spark, that innocent child inside of them, isn't a beautiful being that is just waiting for an environment that is comfortable enough to drop all of this ego, to drop all of this personality, and truly be this loving being. And so that helped me to see that at a whole different level to learn to look past people's personalities because they have been trained their personalities through their culture, through their school, through their family, all of that. And understand that many times training involves resistance too. If you have a resistance to the way that somebody is and you go, I'm going to be completely opposite of that, you're still being trained because you're in reaction. So anytime there's reaction going on, there's training going on. And the more often that that happens, the more solid that that training uh, becomes who a person thinks that they are. But they're not that training. And that is the beauty of that, is being able to see that light energy uh, past the physical looks, past the persona, and to uh, connect and remain in love with that, that soul, that being, so to say. So we've talked about the roles between uh, one person and another, but but are there other things that can play that we can play roles for, or roles can be played for us, such as maybe a group of people, or or an event, or any sort of like energy like that? Yeah. So you know, sometimes you know, energetically sensitive people or empathic people sometimes can walk into a room and feel that something's off. When I was growing up and a teenager, I was the first one to uh, leave a party because as soon as I got the sensation, and I didn't understand it back then, but as soon as I got the sensation that some trouble was going to break out, my inclination was to leave. I don't want to wait and see what this is. And so I would turn to my friends and say, hey, guys, I'm going to leave uh, anybody wants to go with me can go with me or anybody wants to stay can stay. And the majority of the time, the people would stay because I'm leaving super early. But then the next day, I would hear the story of the fight that broke out and who, what uh, simple bystander got pulled in or got thrown into and got injured and that kind of thing. So that is like role playing, that if you're in the environment and something blows up, you're probably going to get hit by shrapnel. So if you don't want to go through that, this is setting the inquisitive mind down and going, 
I don't need all the information for this. Uh, this is why I say personal experience isn't always necessary. Sometimes 95% of the information is enough. We don't always need the personal experience. And if you watch somebody, uh, somebody's flesh being burned off by fire, you do not need to experience exactly that, that I happen to feel that 95% of that information, no, that's enough. I don't need to personally feel that to know exactly what is happening. And, and removing yourself from an uncomfortable situation is very similar is that some people won't leave because they're too inquisitive. They want to know how this is going to play out. And you're going to get caught into a role there. And it's not always easy to step out of a role after you're in it. This is the point of being proactive, is that when you can see the role coming in, you don't know what it is necessarily and just go, you know what, I'm going to step outside of this. That's the easiest time to step out of that role. If you linger, you can be pulled in, and then it's very challenging to uh, to get out. And this is, you know, for young people say that that two males are out and they're having a great time and then one wants to do something illegal and the other one tries to talk them into, hey, let's not do that. I don't have a good feeling about this. But the guy that didn't have a good feeling, he doesn't leave the situation. So now when they get caught, he's an accomplice. And see, his intention was never to do that, to never be part of that. But he allowed his friendship to get in the way of his own self-care. And this happens many, many times with young people especially. And so once now that he's an accomplice and he's in the judicial system or whatever, you can't just go, oh, no, I never intended that. You know, even if the other person many times will will speak up and and get that other person off the hook, but there's still a long process that has to go through many times for that. So I'm just suggesting to be aware uh, of your surroundings and situations and not always need that explanation um, because you may step into a role that's very difficult to step back out of. And I'll throw it out there. Uh, the Destiny Card Report, the yearly report you can get uh, that covers your birth year, helps with foreseeing these potential roles that could be playing in your life where you know something, a role is going to come to play this certain uh, energetic situation out and you can be, you know, knowing that ahead of time, you can be more mindful into choosing not to uh, participate in that role. So, and of course, you can get that uh, by contacting Alexander uh, through his email or, or through our Facebook. And those reports, yeah, there are 52-day cycles. And uh, that it shows you that every 52 days, uh, a new structure comes into play as the planets shift to bring in a different influence. It doesn't mean that it's absolutely going to happen. Just it means that the energy is likely that if you're in the so-called wrong place at the so-called wrong time, that if you don't remove yourself from the situation, especially if you have the understanding of it, because remember, information is a responsibility, people. And that's something that most people hasn't made the connection with. They want to learn more, learn more, learn more, but they're not taking on more responsibility. And so, so yes, this can give you an outline and, you know, what we continuously do is what's going to establish our so-called realistic view of, of our life. And so breaking these patterns, choosing to pay attention to the roles that we may be potentially playing, the, the cards are very similar saying that this planet is coming in to bring this influence. So you might want to be aware that you're in Mars and Mars is the planet of friction and competition, and also attraction. So you may be attracted to a situation that will become an obstacle down the road. So just be aware of that. So once again, it's not an absolute. It's just saying, hey, this influence is here. And now that you have sought out the information, you may want to utilize that information to change your position. So in closing, before we get to the three minutes of stillness, uh-huh. uh, do you have anything else to add about roles? I, I feel like this... This was very information-packed. So, yes. um, and we didn't get into any examples, so I want to do this a little different and invite people if they have a situation where they're confused on maybe what role they're playing or how to resolve that, that, that role uh, to reach out and post something on our Facebook page, which, which uh, usually after this episode is released, uh, usually around Tuesday or Wednesday, I'll throw up something on our Facebook uh, asking uh, mm-hmm. a certain question about the episode to get more engagement 
And if you're not part of our Facebook group, you can also join us there where we do talk about this stuff uh, in more of a, a deeper fashion. But I, I, would like, I would like the example part of this uh, to happen on social media as, you know, for more engagement, Alexander and I will be there to interact with you on this. So if you do have any examples, leave them there. And of course, I will probably share a few of mine uh, in our reflection episode. But Alexander, uh, any last words on roles? Well, just that uh, for one thing, our Facebook group is the Wise Wise Podcast. Uh, let us know that you want to join and then we it is a closed group, so we, we accept you. And uh, for you, all of you that are part of it right now, yes, know that we enjoy the interaction. Part of my specialty is being able to hear specifics from people and be able to give a different view of how to approach that. So this is in my private sessions. I like to get to that everyday realistic events uh, as soon as possible because that's where the practice is at. So, so yes, bring us your examples and uh, play around with this. Uh, what role am I playing and what role are other people playing for me? And to use that as a game for this ongoing week to Practice being that investigator. And remember to stay the investigator, not the judge. It's not your point to say what is so-called right and wrong. It is your point to go, oh, that's interesting. Let me take a look at that perception. Let me take a look at this perception to get a full 360-degree view. And when you show others that you are respecting and recognizing them, if you do that long enough, they will begin to do the same with you or they will leave your energy field or your life. They may move away. They may just naturally drift away. But the whole point is, is that you want to work through your friction and your resistance or you're going to keep attracting that situation or that type of person into your life. And so keep doing the work. It's an every day, all day. We don't get time all from it. Um, and the beauty is we never run out of, of this work to work on. But the thing, the fact is, is that the more that we practice something, the better we get at it and the easier it is to move through. But don't be doing this work thinking you're going to reach some point of, uh, to where you're not uh, touched or bothered by other humans. Uh, this is an ongoing practice, and that's what I've seen from all the great teachers, whether it was uh, Gandhi, Yogananda, Jesus, the Buddha, uh, Maharishi, you know, the Dalai Lama still that, that these challenges, um, as incredible of beings as they were, they still, uh, came into their challenges. And I do feel that the Dalai Lama is a great example right now of having everything taken from him, his culture, his people, just everything, and still being able to carry the strength to teach compassion and love. And I do, uh, respect that energy and although I'm not a direct follower of the Dalai Lama, I do respect the example that is is being set. And um, and I always want to show that appreciation. Today I happen to be wearing my Nikola Tesla uh, shirt. I'll and, take a picture of that. Uh, and, and I had a wonderful uh, friend and slash client bring it to me from Croatia. I didn't realize that Tesla was from Croatia. And uh, so representing that and somebody else that I immensely respect that got very little recognition during his time. And so all you way showers that are being resisted out there, know that if the masses aren't on your page, you're probably in the right book. Uh, so keep persevering and setting the example and qu quit attempting to be the teacher and the guru so much and just uh, be the example. Uh, you'll get much further. And to bring this all around, the point of this work is not to uh, not have any situations come up. It's really to to get to a point of uh, equilibrium, energetic over, or overall energetic wellness. Yeah, so you're not running from the so-called negative in life. You're just looking to work through it as quickly as possible and bring that so-called negative into a more acceptable range of so-called positive. But the more that we run, the, the faster it chases us, so to say. So lean into that friction and smile at it. How we adjust our vibration and then the quicker we can get in and out of the altercation, the sooner we can bring that vibration up to that higher level that we're really interested in residing in. So thank you all for listening. Stay tuned for our three minutes of stillness. Enjoy. 
And as you slowly return, remember, recognize, respect, and redirect. We appreciate your interest in self-growth, conscious communication, and continuing to ask the wise wise. And remember, gradual changes over long periods of time equals lasting results. The Just Philosophy, as discussed in this podcast, has been developed by Alexander over the last 22 years in his private practice, professional environment, and private studies. The information discussed is intended for educational purposes only. It is not meant as a replacement for conventional medicine. Just remember, knowledge plus experience equals wisdom. Seek the wise. As we continue sharing this information, there are also multiple ways to share and support this work. Gain access to our exclusive content, behind-the-scenes footage, and other products that assist you on your self-awareness journey by joining our patron team in exchange for a monetary donation by visiting wise-wise.com slash patron. That is wise-whys.com slash p-a-t-r-e-o-n. Another way of support is by sharing this podcast with receptive individuals or even leaving a review on popular platforms such as iTunes or Facebook helps us introduce this work to others through the listener's words. We are also on most major social networks, so follow us along there or even join our Facebook group community. Continue your journey by visiting Alexander's website where you are able to book private consultations in person, by phone, or even Skype. Know thyself better with human design and destiny card reports and readings as mentioned in this podcast. View a calendar of his live performances and class schedule. Peruse his other products such as shirts, CDs, and the revolutionary VibroTune sound vibrational therapy tables that assist with subtle energy alignments. So grab that keyboard and go to thejustphilosophy.com for those goodies. That's T-H-E-J-U-S-T-P-H-I-L-O-S-O-P-H-Y.com. And if you love the touch of a soft shirt with a message that will warm your heart in resonation, then check out my company, Verity's Apparel, where I am a one-man band doing it all from design to physically printing the garment. It's sealing it all with a conscious touch. Just go to veritiesapparel.com, V-E-R-I-T-E-E-S-A-P-P-A-R-E-L.com. Thank you all for being a part of this journey with us.